Hi, it's Nicole. Um, so a song started our podcast, and a song has started the uprising that is happening in Cuba, our motherland, which has everything to do with our nest. Like a sparrow building shelter with branches for its young, my mother built a nest with love for her little ones. My grandfather told her, doesn't matter what you have, the only thing you need for life is each other's helping hands. Never the empty nest, my mother always says, spread your wings and fly, you can always come back to We're here, we're here. Welcome to Never the Empty Nest. Thanks for coming back. I'm Vanessa. Sorry we're a little weird today. We're going to tell you why. But I'm Vanessa and... I'm Jackie. And I'm Nicole. And there's a lot going on in our world because um, as you're going to hear over and over again or have heard already, we are Cuban and Cuba is... There's a major uprising on the island. I don't even know how I'm going to talk about anything else. That's literally all I can think about. We're currently having a moment where even at work, we sort of go into this space and then people are like, what's wrong with you? What? Listen to me. Are you hearing me? And I, all I can say is, I'm sorry, I was thinking about Cuba. Like it's very, just, it's, there's a lot, but we're going to get to that. How are you guys, mom and Nico? We're in separate places. Nico's visiting Miami, but I can't see them in person because my kids have the croup. If you don't know what the croup is, it's when your child sounds like a seal. When they cough, it's like, <gasps> It's horrible. It's really bad. So I can't go over there because they can't deal with another person <laughs> of contagion. Um, so how are you guys since since you are in another space right now? Both of you. In that sense, um, in this sense that I'm going to say, I'm super happy because Nikki's here physically with us, with me. So, you know, we like it. We like it. Everything's a... Um, Helenge right now. Um, we're all sort of next to each other, on top of each other, uh, sleeping together. Um, and so a mattress on the floor. So that's the fun part. And for those that don't know, Helenge means it's like a kind disaster. 
it's like a nicer kind of it's a disaster but it's okay it's like a willing it's like fun chaos there you go yes and so we're hugging and uh, being really together so that's the very good part of all of this mm-hmm. and part of that uh, is the support that we can actually that I can receive in this moment in time which is a much needed uh, with the other side of that coin, which is another crisis. Which we will get to. Nico? I feel great. It's been hectic um, because I've I've been in three different nests <laughs> in the past two weeks. Like first mine that I went to Mississippi to visit my, my husband's parents, my in-laws and, and, and sister-in-law, sister's, uh, sister's-in-law? Yes. Does that ever happen to you when you say something that sounds really weird, but it's correct, yes. but it doesn't sound correct? Okay. Mm-hmm. So we did that and now we're here. So it's been a lot like traveling during a pandemic with the kids where it was a little stressful because obviously, you know, the kids aren't vaccinated yet. So that was stressful. But uh, once we got here, I felt so much better. Mixed emotions. And we'll get to that because so fun, like mom said, to be all together. And that's all we really wanted. The only reason, you know we're here just to hang out because it's not like we can go out a lot without being stressed out with the, you know, COVID and we're all on top of each other, like mom said, and you know, the kids are so happy, but you know, my grandmother is going through a really hard time and we're not sleeping and we'll get to that. So it's, it's a lot, there's a lot going on in this nest of ours right now. Why don't we clarify that you both are with your two kids, Nikki, and at one point, Jonathan, your husband in an apartment, not a house, two-bedroom apartment. That is two bedrooms with also my grandmother and our dad slash stepdad there. It's a lot. It's six people at one point. Now it's five of us in a two-bedroom apartment. Yeah, because you guys were supposed to come over here at some point, but then my kids got the croup, like I said, the seal thing. Yeah. And it was it's too scary to give that to my grandma because my grandfather just passed away. We don't need another tragedy. And so it gets very... And also with uh, Joaquim, too, who I, has filocytosis. So Joaquim, when he gets sick, he often needs... Trans- like he has had to have a transfusion in the past and it's not good and we don't want to go there. Joaquim being my sister's kid. So lots of things happening. Yeah. <laughs> that said, I mean, I think we want to start, Nico, with you and how we listened to the full song right now that you wrote for this podcast. Yeah. And we haven't talked about it, you know, like we've had this whole podcast and we haven't talked about it, but you wrote this song for this specifically. And when we listen to it, it's really beautiful and it captures so much of everything that we are and everything we're trying to do here. Can you talk a little bit about what that song means to you and what it meant writing it and what's in it? Yeah. I mean, when you first asked me, I felt like a lot of pressure because (laughs) I was like, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can write it. But it's, first of all, it's very personal. And then, you know, it's going to be in a podcast. So how do you, this is the hardest part for me, like writing songs, putting everything into like two or three minutes is really Mm -hmm. hard, you know, and have it sound nice and pretty and It really, I mean, my process is just, I literally do word vomit notes for a day or two along with listening to, because I wanted the vibe musically to have like a Spanish influence, you know, Spanish guitars, clapping, that kind of thing, because the core of the nest was Papang, my grandfather, and he's from Spain. And we talked about this a bit about him, you know, us being all 
together and on top of each other and each other's business. It all started there. So I definitely wanted to put that into the song musically and lyrically. I was like, okay, never the emptiness. What does that mean to me? And I had to start it with mom because that's our, you know, mom. I just wanted to basically explain why we are the way we are um, and why a lot of people are the way they are in, in their nest and how they spread. You know, how mom always told us, you know, you can please, by all means, get out there, spread your wings, grow, bloom, you know, but mm-hmm. just know that during all of that, you could come back. After all of that, you can come back. You can go, you can mess up, you can fall in love and get your heart broken and be a mess and need to come back home or you're broke (laughs) and you come back home. But no matter what, this is your home always, you know? Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that you have to stay here all the time, you know? So I don't know. I don't know if that explained anything. That's just... It does because there you are in the nest. Yeah. Right now. I know. I know. We're constantly back and forth. I mean, that's, I wanted to get that spirit of like, who taught us this and and why are we the way we are, you know, and what does it mean? Never the emptiness, you know? So yeah, this song came fairly quickly. It's so interesting when you're writing songs, some of them just come out and it's Mm -hmm. like, and then you're like, oh, there it is. You know, obviously it takes tweaking and a little back and forth and whatever, but I guess because we're so clear in what our nest is, it was easy for me to express. Everything that you're saying, I feel like, I mean, not to make fun of you, but it kind of looks like you have a nest around your head because you have that headband. I'm, guys, I'm really into <laughs> these big, huge headbands, like Frida Kahlo style. And I'm the only one that likes them and everyone else laughs when they see me. I keep looking at her and I'm like, mm-hmm, nest around your head, mm-hmm, nest around your head. <laughs> like, that's all I can think of. Is it distracting you? I'm going to take it off. No, no, I think it's pretty funny. But... I think the song really exemplifies everything that we are and that this show is and that people, I mean, people, everyone has a nest, big or small, one person or 15,000 or 3 million or 13 million, like the whole Cuban population, which again, we'll get to obviously all consuming in my mind right now, but inner nest first, because I know this is high in our minds right now and in our deep, deep feelings, which is that. I right now have to be separate. Like I'm like in a new kind of 2021 quarantine with this cold, with this croup cough. And you guys are in your own little circle over there. And I keep hearing about everything that's happening in that, in the house with my grandma. And I think mom, we need to talk about it because it's been really, 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 really hard on my mom. I want to say a couple of things. My mom continuously has said I am not an expert. I don't know anything. I am no one. I'm just going to cancel all of that right now because there is expertise. She is a certified life coach. She does have a background in psychology. She has all of these things. She's also just transferred the nest of my sister's headband to her own head. So (laughs) there's also that. I just wanted to say all of that because I've been thinking about the episodes past and that was going on. But anyway, mom doesn't like to talk very much about the deep, deep hurts when they're actually happening because there's optimism, like there's a deep, deep optimism of always surpassing and love conquers all. And I think that's what always gets us through everything. But when you're going through the belly of the beast, it's very hard. And right now, because you're in it, maybe you can talk to us about it. What's happening? We're in another crisis as we all know, we don't plan ahead for these things. Our logical mind tells us that one day it'll happen. 
but I never planned for the day that my father would not exist at this level with us physically and what would happen when he didn't exist in that form and what would happen to my mother as they were married for nearly 72 years and together for such a long time, as you have probably heard many times during our podcasts. Right now we have, I have a new experience, which is a heartbroken mom, nearly 90 years old. And my father died April 3rd on Vanna's birthday. Now, a few months later, it's beginning to get worse. And I think that was expected, but in a way that is very hard to handle because we it's a new experience, it's a new challenge, it's new pain. So now we have to learn to, uh, as we did with 10 years of dementia and Alzheimer's with my father, now we have to learn or I have to learn what her needs are, what our needs are, and how we're going to get through this. I mean, just to be specific, one of the things that she's needing you, literally needing you, to do is to sleep with her and be by her side at all times. Like she literally tells you, you cannot not sleep with me. And that is very, very, very hard. Ironically, we have talked about the family bed a lot, but what, when it becomes very, very hard to actually sleep with someone like her, because there's a lot of issues. I mean, my grandmother has always suffered from these massive nightmares that would call out like my sister and I, I know that you remember this, Nick, but like we would hear her calling out in the middle. Ah, she's always had these uh, night terrors. Right? They call them night terrors now. But now she has a sleep apnea machine. She's demented. She thinks she's, um, she thinks there are kids coming into the room. You're going to hear them, it seems. <laughs> in the other house, but it's part of the, the potaje. We can't delete them. Nope. But it's been a challenge for you. And I know that I have talked about, at least in my book and, and I don't even remember if on this podcast, but how hard it was to like, sometimes have to sleep with my dad because he was such a horrible snorer and there was all these horrible things. There's a lot of complication in that matched into another episode, but you and sleeping with your mom and the fact that she's like, I need you to do this. And you feeling like I can't. That's a huge thing that's happening right now. With a new experience, with a new challenge, with the completely unknown territory right now comes all of this. Obviously, you want to run away from home. <laughs> but there's a lot of revelations I, I have discovered when your parents are old and get to this point in their lives and then with you, uh, that you didn't know that they existed quite the way that they exist. Mm. So it's a level of discovery. And then I think, how in the world am I going to deal with this? Because the, the, the family bed was in Spain. My parents had a nest, obviously, with my sister and I. But the way that we have it now, it sort of skipped that generation. I was not used to sleeping with my mom. I have slept with her since March 10th, mm -hmm. 10 or 11, when my dad started getting really sick. And I started doing it because I wanted to do it. So I'm faced with another thing. I usually don't think, I usually really don't do things that I don't want to do. 
most of the time there is no dichotomy between what I want to do and what I should do. Right now, I am trying to dissect this and I'm going to need professional help because we're talking about mental illness, mental illness that exists because of her age and mental illness that I am discovering was probably always there. And then, you know, you go on, I go down the rabbit hole, which is not such a rabbit hole because I discover a lot of things about my own dad that he never revealed, Mm -hmm. but that he went through with her. And so I guess that he protected us from that. And now they're very front and center and real and here. And I don't want to have to sleep with my mom for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. And that's the absolute truth. But I want to be with her. So figure that one out. Obviously, she's in my house, in my apartment, and she's not alone. We're under the same roof, but that's a real struggle, a new experience. And I know that the solutions will reveal themselves, will start revealing themselves as we go through this day by day. That's all we can do. Yeah. And I think with my grandma, what we have is a lot of layers to peel back, like to a certain degree, she's like an onion that was a different kind of thing when my grandfather was around, like you're saying, because a lot of that was like, well, here's this lovely, you know, here's an apple. And then we're like, ah, there's an onion. (laughs) There's like a lot of layers that you actually have to peel back now. You know, you're talking about having discovered that she does have some kind of mental illness that was probably there from a long time ago, having talked to um, psychiatrists right now. And also there's, you know, a confusion and an anger that she has. I mean, we don't even really know if what, we don't really know even the level of education that my grandmother had. Like we know a little bit of that and then we question the rest and her, there's so much of her life as a child that's hidden, so much that was revealed to me because I asked a lot of questions because I couldn't not ask them and then record her as she said them. Um, but there's a lot that's hidden and that's sort of coming out now in a weird way. And in, like in the middle of the night, Nikki, you were saying she's calling for her sister and she like calling for her mom. And it feels like, you know, like she's in Cuba at certain moments. She goes into these panics, right? It's like this... So we don't know where the trauma, I mean, they went through so much trauma anyways in Cuba. So, but she's like, she thinks this is like her house. And then she'll, in the three in the morning, I saw her, I had to bring her out of the hallway. And she's like, where did my sister go? Where's Estela? That was her name. Donde esta Estela? I'm like, oh man, she hasn't mentioned her in a long time. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, whoa. And then yesterday she was dreaming and crying out for her mom and she's like, you have to take off all the lights and close the doors because the patio, the backyard's right there. And there was people, you know, it's a lot right now. This is a mishmash of uh, grief, profound grief, baseline dementia or, or more, and some trauma. So it's a pretty heavy cocktail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you ask me now, I don't want to over-medicate her. That's the easy and quick answer. I'm also taking her to acupuncture and Chinese medicine to balance it out. Uh, She's actually physically doing very well. And that's where we're at. 
she is taking some medication for all the all these uh, you know mm-hmm. panic attacks and all this stuff but you know how much medication do you give her mm-hmm. and this is why i take her to acupuncture because now she's taking chi- traditional chinese medicine and that has helped her tremendously with her physical ailments that she never had before my dad's passing you know this is all uh, all new and just every day you 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 have to make a a decision, you know, what do I do today? What do I tell her? And then obviously you were raised with this mom that you knew at some level that there were issues there because she made your life impossible at times. Mm -hmm. But we actually, you know, navigated that, let's say successfully. And here we are, but all that stuff now resurfaces. So I myself, are dealing with all these feelings and emotions of uh, absolute compassion and anger at the same time. Yeah, which for me, I feel like leads us back into Cuba, the broader nest, because one of the things that hasn't come out until this moment is is really to the surface and only to the few people. When people talk amongst themselves about a problem, who cares? Meaning nobody sees it. Nobody can see it. It's a circle that doesn't go anywhere. But when light is shed there, and then all of a sudden that circle opens up, that nest opens and you're like, oh my God, what is that? What's there? And then the world can see it. It's a huge thing. Today is July 16th. On July 11th, the people of Cuba hit the streets and they began to protest for liberty and against the regime and the tyranny that has been on them for 62 years. This relates to my grandmother and our inner nest because they went through a massive amount of trauma that nobody understood and that nobody believed and that nobody could see the light of until right now where there's social media and you can see what the Cuban government does to its people and why people like my grandmother and grandfather had to escape with an infant my aunt and you at five years old in my grandmother's arms on a boat in the pit in the belly of this beast that was sparking with fire and about to explode because it did actually burn down the boat that they left in after it docked because it was in such bad shape, right? All of this that people don't know about, all of this that they believe that, that you know, the Cuban Americans have been exaggerating, and now people can see it. They can see the Cuban government killing the people on the island. And Maman, our grandmother, had to go through all of that. Everything that they went through, the world can actually see now. The world can see through the pixels of their phone which before had to be the Cuban-American voice trying to speak out about it, which nobody believed outside of, of the, the, the Cuban-American community. And we can see it now. And that's part of the trauma that my grandmother lived and that we're seeing surface in her old age and that we saw in my grandfather. My grandfather, among his last words were, you have to take the country back. A fight for the liberty of your country, which is happening right now. The fact that my grandfather can't see this, that my father who is dead cannot see this, it's a tragedy of our nest. And it's a tragedy of our greater nest, but it is also so hopeful because for the first time ever, the world can see the people of Cuba rising up against the tyranny that it has had for 62 years. Mom, you, you went into the other room and brought something. What did you bring? I brought the letter that Papan wrote to me in 1962. Mm. It's a beautiful letter because he illustrated it as well. 
So can I say that in 1959, Fidel Castro takes over? By 1962, my family is exiled. So in exile, your father writes this to you. Correct. I'm a refugee. My father was a refugee. Cubans are refugees. That is an important word. And so my father, in 1962, he was here a little bit before us. We left the island before he did. And my father, throughout his youth, is and has always been a freedom fighter. I guess he wanted to make sure. And, and in this letter, he calls me a nomad. Mm. Obviously, I'm not going to read the letter. It's not that long, but, it, you know, that's for another time. But maybe read a piece of it. It's in Spanish. Um, you can say it in Spanish and I'll translate. Hoy te escribo desde Miami que solo está a 90 millas de la tierra que te vio nacer. Today I write to you from Miami, which is only 90 miles away from the land that gave birth to you. Tú ahora estás mucho más distante porque allí te llevó obligada la cruel tiranía que se adueñó. Today you see yourself much more distant because of a cruel tyranny that took control, that took power. De una gentil eh, isla criolla. That took power of a gentle creole island. En estas soleadas playas norteamericanas se pasean por decenas de miles de cubanos que esperan ansiosos los días y los minutos en que puedan ver por fin liberada a Cuba. Through these North American beaches, tens of thousands of Cuban souls walk waiting for the days anxiously that they can see their beautiful Cuba free again. Right. So you have to put into perspective that at that time, the people that tried, you know, the freedom fighters at the time either got killed or had to flee because they were going to get killed. And mm -hmm. this did not have to be anything dramatic against the government. All you have to do is say that, you know, this is not what you want. That's all it took. That's what they're doing. You don't want to displace anyone. All you're saying is that we want democracy. That's all it. And then, you know, you had the Bay of Pigs and you had all these efforts, right, that obviously failed. And so he didn't want me to forget, tú que naciste también bajo otra tiranía. You that were born under another tyranny. Has tenido nuevamente que dejar las doradas playas y airosas palmeras de nuestra bendita tierra. You have had to leave the... The golden beaches and airy palm trees of our blessed soil. This is a man that was born in Spain. You were born in what year? 1956. So the reason why he says you were born under another tyranny is because before Fidel Castro was another dictator named Batista, which Fidel Castro overthrew. And so my grandfather knew the meaning of tyranny in all its forms. Right, exactly. So that when you grow up, and learn to reason, you will read this. And the notes that I wrote in your album, your childhood album, which you did, mm -hmm. your five years, I was five years old, have been that of a nomad. Mm. This letter continues to have more profound and profound and profound meaning as I read it. I've been reading it all my life. Yeah. And he said, Pero sabrás que ello fue por tenerte libre. 
you will know that that was to keep you free. Yeah. Como libre y sencillamente amante de tu tierra, quiero que seas hoy. Hoy ustedes están lejos del vibrante sol de Cuba, porque la patria está en las sombras. You are away from the vibrant sun of Cuba because our country is in the shadows. Algún día volverá a brillar para que puedas volver y decir... Amo a mi Cuba libre. Which is that? Te quiere tu padre. So that you're able to see, I love my free Cuba. <laughs> This is, I love you, your father. This is everything that we're going through right now. As, as people are watching this happen, the repercussions of which are inside our grandmother in the center of the thing. And there is a song. We started with a song and we end with a song because there is a song that has become the anthem of this movement in Cuba, which is a movement for liberty. It's by Cubans both inside and outside the island, one of which is in prison right now for having given voice to this song. And his name is Michael Osorbo. Others of them, Yotuel and the, the people of Gente de Zona, they are, they are outside of Cuba, even though some of them have been told by the FBI that the Cuban government has been trying to uh, kidnap them. So that song is called Patria y Vida, which means motherland and life. And it's a play on Patria o Muerte, which the revolution was a revolutionary slogan, which meant motherland or death. You do this or you die right? You fight for this, this version of your motherland, or you die. And what they are saying is, no, we want life, and we want an and there. We don't want an or. We want motherland and life, not motherland or death. And so it has become the chant that people are crying inside of Cuba, Patria y Vida. And the, the lyrics of the song are, are all about, let me see if I, can, if I can find an English version of them, but It's over, you're five, nine, I double two. Now it's over, 60 years locked in this domino. It's over, you five, nine, me double two. It's over, 60 years locked in this domino. So domino, like the game of domino, and there's such a thing as the, the 22, but also we're inching towards the 22. And I think there's a real hope that Cuba, that, that our grandfather and that your dad hoped for, and that is somehow locked like that, horrible domino game in this song inside of Mamang, that it can finally be free. That can be in 22. You, 59, you that came into power and caused a tyranny for 62 years. In 59, we, the hope, the life, double two, 22. And so perhaps everything in that letter could come true. And that's an enormous amount of feeling for Ernest. 62 years later. The world is blind to this, and it's relevant that we talked about this because it's only 90 miles away from the United States of America. Yeah, It's very far from, from Europe. Uh, the sad truth is also that Cuba is a beautiful place. The nature has not been, you, you can't destroy the beaches, you can't destroy las colinas, the hills, the mountains. Everything else is destroyed, but uh, the Cuban people are usually gentle. They are, but they are also 
as they as people have been saying, Mambises, which are freedom fighters. Yeah. And they're doing that now with rocks against guns because they're not allowed to have guns <laughs> with rocks against against the tyranny of the state. And you say, Mom, that it's that it's blind to the world, but hopefully this is the moment where there is light and where the world gets to see it. And I would like to go out of this podcast right now with that song and let let the people hear that as as the end of our episode. Thanks for listening. And we will come back to you next week. We're coming to the end of our season. That's right. We'll give you an update on our madness in this nest. And all of the hope, because there's a lot of hope right now. Y este sentimiento ya es tan viejo Tú me dueles tanto aunque estés lejos Hoy yo te invito a caminar por mi solar Pa' demostrarte de que sí ven tus ideales Somos humanos aunque no pensemos iguales No nos tratemos ni dañemos como animales Esta es mi forma de decírtelo Llora mi pueblo y siento yo su voz Tu 59, yo doble dos 60 años, trancada dominó Voy platillo a los 500 de la Habana Mientras en casa las cazuelas ya no tienen jama Que celebramos si la gente anda deprisa Cambiando Che Guevara y ama tipo la divisa Todo ha cambiado, ya no es lo mismo Entre tú y yo hay un abismo Publicidad, un paraíso, un varadero Mientras las madres lloran por sus hijos que se fueron Se acabó No, mira, se acabó. Un 59, yo doble dos. Ya se acabó. 60 años trancando mi no. Somos artistas, somos sensibilidad. La historia verdadera no la mal contada. Somos la dignidad de un pueblo entero pisoteada. A punta de pistola y de palabras que aún son nada.
Мы раз, 